0: It's going to be in church today. Give me a hallelujah, amen, clap your hands, whatever you want to do, make some noise. It's going to be here today. I'm guessing there's a few new faces. Uh, Do me a quick favour, turn around to someone you don't recognise and just say good morning, how do you do? Really quickly. Let's be community. Brilliant. Brilliant. Excellent. I'm going to talk for a few moments, and uh, and then we will uh, be dedicating Baby Jemima, which is going to be fantastic. So excited! But I just want to share some thoughts. We've been doing this series. Uh, we started last week, looking at what the church is. And I know for some of us, we come to church this morning thinking, "That's my exact question: What is the church?" Um, so how how important, how how good that the timing is is hit it just right. So maybe you've got some, uh, some thoughts about church. I don't know. Maybe your thoughts around church are it's fun. Others might think it's boring. Uh, for others you might think uh, church is about being quiet and somber. And for others it's a place of being loud and celebration. Uh, Perhaps it's true uh, of us this morning For others, some imagine church has been uh, I'm going to walk in and it's quite clicky, I won't know anyone And then we might have been surprised by it We're being welcomed and there's been some friendly faces You know, you are wanted here For others, uh, you might use a word like Church is a bit irrelevant And for others we might say this And I want to talk about this this morning Church is transformative You're probably thinking steady on Elijah It's a big word for, for 11.30 on a Sunday morning Transformative But I want us to go on a bit of a journey. What does transformation mean? Transformation means going from one thing to what? Something different. Uh, The greatest picture that most of us were taught in primary school is a picture of the little beautiful caterpillar. Who uh, goes to sleep for a little while and suddenly uh, flaps his wings and he's a beautiful butterfly. There's a real story of being transformed. When it comes to the local church... I would argue that the local church is is probably two things. One, it is a bit of a a lifeboat for those who have been splashing about in the waves of life. So for those who call this place home, we believe that actually uh, we've been rescued. That we're here, that a church is a place where we come and worship the one who rescued us. For others, uh, it's almost a lifeline. You aren't yet on the life boat, but still the local church offers these, these lifelines and says, actually, if you're splashing about this morning, if there's stuff going on in your life, actually, we believe as a local church that as we, through our experience of living life, that when we encounter Jesus face to face, that his transforming power changed us. Does anyone agree in, in church this morning? That's what I would argue church is. Now, what have seen going to the Greek and all sorts of deep stuff, absolutely. We've even got a, a couple of vicars in the house this morning. No pressure, Elijah. But actually, that's the top and bottom of it. And that's as basic and as complex as it needs to get for us. I love church. I just do. Church is a place where people who come from all walks of life, who would never probably talk, come and converge. And we uh, fix our eyes on one thing. That's Jesus Christ. And I want to talk a bit about Jesus this morning. Because for some of us, we are Christians. We pursue Jesus and we get him. For others, we've heard about Jesus probably in primary school. Uh, but never really since for others we think he's a good guy for others we think he doesn't exist for others we just don't care but actually it's it's interesting in this moment as we look at uh, dedicate and jemima as the family and friends choose to say this is important for us it's in, it's really special isn't it to slow down for a moment and think why why are they doing this what does this mean for all of us so what makes church so great that's my question Uh, this morning. So our series, uh, which is uh, behind me, the Jesus Driven Church, has really been looking at what is the church about? Why do we do what we do? Just again, looking at the basics of what does it mean to be a Christ follower and to gather here. I was recently in Rwanda. Uh, My job, I do quite a bit of travelling. And uh, I was in Rwanda and I was talking to one of the local bishops there. And uh, hands up, just a show of hands quickly, if you've ever been to Rwanda, anyone ever been there? It's a beautiful place. Um, And uh, quite a few years ago, there was a genocide. There was a hundred days of war and and a million people dead. I mean, do the maths. Crazy. And uh, I was talking to the bishop and he said that what happened is uh, is suddenly there was someone like me with my neighbour. We were friends for years. After after a few years, the government began to say that my neighbour was a bit more superior to me. And then gave my neighbour permission to come and do bad things to me. Kill me. Burn my house down um, you know, Just awful things So within a few days Half of the population mobilised against the other half Conflict so, so a quarter of that population fled over the border uh, To uh, Uganda That left a quarter of the population And a million of those guys were butchered so it wasn't just stories of people who didn't know each other. It was stories of people who had been mates for years, who socially the government had, had put a line between. It had been people who, who had been leading churches, and suddenly they'd gather people out of safety, and then, and then people wouldn't leave the building. There were stories of dads turning on kids and, and, and wives and whatever else. Literally the country was in ruins. So as I sat there listening to this, this bishop as he was telling me about his story, his story and how his family were, were, were executed. He said this, and I love this. He said, after it all settled, the government came to us as the local church. And the government said this, we realise that as a government we haven't got policies for reconciliation. We can try and get people to talk, but it just doesn't do it justice. Uh, we realise as other faith groups that we haven't really got the answer uh, to, for people to lock eyes with each other. Perpetrator and victim, and to see lives changed. This is what, this is what the president of the country said, only the local church... Has the power to do that, and I was thinking on that. Why does only the local church have the power for reconciliation? We can all forgive. Forgiveness is tough, isn't it? Has someone ever wronged you, and it just takes years? And the longer you think on it, the more it, it, it kind of it turns over in your mind, uh, in your body. You know, your anxiety kind of the levels build. But he was addressing that actually the local church through Jesus realize that the story is of, of a redemptive nature, that we forgive because we've been forgiven. And I thought that was so powerful. As this guy was there with tears running down his, his face, he said, over 20 years, we've sat thousands and thousands of people down. One has been the victim and the other has been the perpetrator, who's probably ended that his, his family's uh, life uh, or, or something, whatever, you fill in the blanks. And I'm thinking that is so powerful. And we can... Gather this morning and think, what is the church about? What does the church mean? Matthew 28, which is in the New Testament, it's, talk, it's, it's, it's one of the parables of Jesus. And Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, uh, it's just stories about how Jesus met people face to face. And what, what he said to people who were on the margins, on the outside, people who dragged situations uh, to him and said, look, I've got this going on. I'm trying to find the answer. I've heard Jesus that like, you are the answer. And we're introduced to this narrative. I just want to kind of touch on it quickly. But, um, but it's Jesus' last words on earth. Last words are interesting, aren't they? I've been Googling famous last words. I want to share a couple with you. Are you up for it this morning? Love it. I've thought, you know, occasionally, what would my last words be? Would it be profound, eloquent? Would poets write about it for thousands of years? Probably not. Um, you know, what is it? Let's look at a couple. This guy, Karl Marx, a famous philosopher, his last, he said, last words are for fools who haven't said enough. I thought that was quite funny. Let's move on, there's a few. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci, we all know this guy. This is what he said, I've offended God and all mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Have you seen this guy's work? Unbelievable. Crazy good. Um, but that, that was his last words. Oscar Wilde, a poet, the wallpaper is dreadful so one of us is going to have to go. I'm guessing it was him. Charlie Chaplin, um, so he was asked a question by a local priest, can I pray for you on your deathbed? And he said, why not? After all, it belongs to him. I thought it was quite a good response. Steve Jobs, we all know this guy, uh, Apple uh, founder. Um, his last words were this, this, I don't know what he was looking at or what happened, but he said, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. Let's fill in the blanks on that one. Is that all of them? Perfect. Famous last words. I want to talk a moment about Jesus' last words, what he said to to his faithful. And I think they're quite powerful. Uh, The words will be on the screen if you haven't got your Bible. But for those who are carrying Bibles, it's Matthew 28, verse 19. Let's check these out. Now, the 11 disciples, Jesus' closest friends, uh, went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. It's quite interesting today that some of us are worshipping and others doubt in the same situation 2,000 years on. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That means tell people about me. Baptise them. We had a baptism service a few weeks ago here. It was just wonderful Uh, hearing a a young guy talk about his journey of faith, seeing his his parents well up, uh, uh, just experiencing the journey that he's been on. Again, it's just transformative power, and it's available for us today. And uh, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. I'm with you. I've got you. I won't leave you. I love that. And I thought it was interesting how Jesus said... Do all that I've commanded you. Uh, and, and actually, Jesus in the New Testament, just Google it later on. He commands us to do 49 things. Google it. Dead interest. Most of us do it anyway. It's just great things like honouring marriage, living life right, not dodging corners. It's the basics, but he's encouraging us to do this thing right. So even if we leave today saying, ah, Jesus is a good guy. I'm just going to rest this whole kind of thesis on just he's a good guy. Well, he's a great guy, isn't he? Because he's telling us to run the race right, to finish strong. Uh, to, to be a great example. So Jesus' last words are great. They keep it simple. But to understand the power behind those words, we have to delve into the chapter before. Which is Matthew 28. You might have heard this story. There's kind of a few times where people come to church. It's usually, we call it hatch, match and dispatch. And it's, it's kind of the time where some of us come and check church out. But, uh, but actually, you might have heard this story. Um, Christmas, Easter... We tell the same thing. But just check these words out for a moment. But the angel said to the woman, this is after Jesus has been crucified. Which, by the way, there's more evidence that Jesus Christ was alive and crucified than there was of Julius Caesar. Over 500 eyewitness accounts written about this guy, Jesus, who said some pretty remarkable things about himself. And, uh, and, and said, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. And he said... Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, where you will see him. See, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. I mean, what a moment. You ever seen a dead guy come to life? Incredible. Is it real? Is it happening? Do our eyes, believers, are we, are we a part of history right, right here? That great excitement moment? Only thing I can compare it to is, is watching England play. On the, edge of, on the edge of history, thinking, I'm alive when history's been rewritten. I can't believe it. I wasn't around in 66, but we might just do it. And then we failed. But actually, imagine being in a moment of history. Imagine being on the edge of something so unbelievable, but so powerful for humanity. And there you are, in the story. I think it's, it's incredible. So they departed quickly and ran with great joy. To tell the other disciples, of course they did. And behold, Jesus met them and said... Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet. And again, they worshipped him. There's an amazing word in that passage, and it's risen. It's risen. And that's what we base our lives on. That's what we go from. And I think risen says this that sin's power is broken. I would argue that we've all dragged things into church today. All of us. Things we've said, things we haven't said, uh, times that we're just ashamed of, things that we know that just, just weren't good actions. The Bible has this old fashioned word and it's sin. It's an awful word, but it just means this, that we live in rebellion to what God has for us, his best plan, that we think in our own moments of strength that we can do it on our own. And church is a place, like I said before, where a bunch of us gather on the lifeboat, and we realise that actually we were splashing about. We, we try to do it ourselves, we put hope in certain things or situations, promotions, bigger houses, nicer relationships, better locations, trying to find peace. But then actually... The bobbing about just wasn't good. And we stepped onto the lifeboat. Because sin, uh, its power is broken. I think risen also means that our soul is power washed. I was washing my car yesterday. I'm a cheapskate so I had the sponge out. But my neighbour, he had a jet hose. And I was jealous. But I love the power of a jet hose. It just literally wipes away grease, grime, dirt, build up of rubbish. You just watch it go in a split second. It's amazing. And I love that feeling of when we look at Jesus Christ and when we say, Do you know what? Him being risen means that the stuff that we've done and built up, the grime and the dirt and the stains, it's washed. We're whiter than white. That whole effect of just being made clean. I love it. And I think the third thing is that risen means that we are free. We're hope-filled. Are you hope-filled here today? Are you hope-filled? What does hope-filled mean? It doesn't mean that we're always joyous because none of us ever achieve that. But it means that even when things shouldn't be joyous, that something inside of us still says, I have a security, I have a purpose, I know whose I am. Think about that for a moment. Another word for being secure, I love this, I'm a bit of a wordy guy, is, uh, is nestled. I love the word nestled. I think nestled to me speaks of being comfy, secure, At ease with where we are, but also where we're going. Are you in a place today where you're nestled nicely? You feel good? Baby Jemima is nestled away right now. And in a moment we're going to get her and her family up. And uh, we're going to just, again, unpack this for her. This idea of being nestled for life. That she is pursuing a journey after Jesus. She's on the life raft. Wanting the best for her. I want us to look at a quick video just for a couple of moments. It's called Alpha. In September, we uh, were launching this course called Alpha. Uh, Millions of people across the planet have done it. And I don't know about you, but when I first started thinking about why am I here, what's life about, I felt a bit silly sometimes. You know, if I ask this question, well, I feel a a bit like everyone else knows the answer. And the Alpha course is brilliant because it's all based around food and we all love food. And we're going to put on just a fantastic meal over a few weeks and invite you in. Invite you in to come and just explore with a bunch of other people. Uh, the basic question, why am I here? Is there more life than this? You know, is it 905? And I'll do life well, I'll retire, and then that's it. No, I think we're on a great adventure, but let's do it with him who made us. And uh, this is going to just unpack it for a couple of moments about some of the people at Bear Grills who've been on the course and who speak into it. Put your eyes on the screen for a second, please. Brilliant. Join us on the journey. It'd be great to see you. It'd be fantastic. On each of your uh, chairs there's a connect card and uh, later on we'll be um, putting those into a basket that'll go around. If you want to join us on the journey, want to know more, uh, please just write alpha on that with your name and uh, an email or whatever else to contact you with and just pop it in. We would love to see you at that. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Today we're taking time to pray, encourage, nurture and support Jemima's journey of faith uh, as her family gather around her to cheer her on in this this journey we call life, which is so exciting. It's brilliant to have you here with us. And um, Ben and Rhiannon have acknowledged their responsibility uh, and come before us to dedicate themselves and Jemima before God and his will for their lives as a family. As a church, we believe that dedication more closely follows the biblical pattern of infant baptism. Um, And what we're doing today does not impart faith or forgiveness necessarily, uh, but it is Ben and Rhiannon's public acknowledgement that they have a spiritual responsibility for the Christian nurture of Jemima. I'd love to invite you guys up to come and join us. Let's give them a round of applause. You guys are looking fabulous today, looking great. There's going to be a couple of parts to this. There'll be a bit where they say we do, and there'll be a bit where you say we do as well. Hello, good to see you. You won't cry, will you? You won't cry? Look at all those people. Cheering you on. And just as we uh, gather, Rob's going to uh, read... Um, Psalm? Psalm.
1: 139. Yes. This is uh, from the director of music of David. It's a psalm, Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me, saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you.
0: Brilliant. You guys doing good? Looking fabulous today, aren't they, guys? What an amazing family. We're going to spend a few moments uh, just really um, spending time, uh, as I said before, uh, dedicating uh, baby Jemima uh, to all that life's going to uh, sh- kind of... Um, produce and things that are going to happen and it's this moment to say before we kind of get into the throes of busyness of schooling education exciting moments that actually for us as a family you want to stand and us as a church we want to stand with you and say we want to pray God's blessing and best of all, all that is to come. Um, so I'm going to ask some, uh, some, some questions and you guys are going to respond by saying we do and I'm going to ask you guys some questions and you're going to respond by saying we will. The words will be on the screens, which is dead easy, so you can't go wrong. Um, so Ben and Rhiannon, do you recognise that Jemima is a gift from God? Do you accept the joy and responsibility of Parrington promising to give proper love and care to Jemima throughout her life? And with the help God provides, do you commit to teach Jemima the fullness of God's word and demonstrate through your own example and witness what it means to love God with all your heart, soul and strength. Phew. Brilliant. To Ben Rhiannon's family and to the congregation, will you offer your ongoing love, support, prayers, encouragement to Ben and Rhiannon, in their role as Jemima's parents? Amen. Excellent. Will you also be faithful in, pray, in praying for Jemima? And as much as you were able, help teach and set a godly example for her, so that she might one day come to trust in Jesus as her Lord and Saviour. We'd like to invite those who've been invited to pray, to come up. You know who you are. Brilliant. We've also asked Teresa and Keith, as well, who are on the leadership here at our church, um, to come and present a gift from the church and to offer a prayer as well. Ben and
2: Rianne. Uh, Keith and I have uh, been uh, thinking and praying about a special verse um, to give to you on this special day for Rhiann. Interestingly enough, Rob, that was one in the frame from Psalm 139, (laughs) but actually, um, so that's God's blessing on that. But there are two that we have um, going to share with you. Keith's going to share the first one because it was from him, and I'll share the second one because it was from me.
3: The first verse was really, it's kind of a cheat in that it's from the book of Samuel. And it's all to do with dedicating Samuel. But I just really felt it was, it applied to Jemima. And so we, 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 we said this child rather than he, if that's okay. I know it's slightly, it's probably heretical or something. but um, but, it's just, but it's just, I give this child to the Lord. For her whole life she shall be given to the Lord.
2: Okay, and uh, my verse for sweetness and light, Jemima, is um, for you have made known to me, Jemima, God's made known to you, the path of life. He will fill you with joy in his presence and with eternal pleasures at his right hand and that comes from Psalm 51. And we do have a card with that so though you won't need to remember we have them written down for you. We also have Keith can you say that. We also have a small present. One is a sort of initial teddy bear bible for you to start sharing God's word with Jemima. And a
1: Godly for
2: Jemima, because she still needs that. So there we do. That's with love um, from every, everybody here at Teesside Vineyard. We're going to spend some time now just praying over Jemima. And each of the people here have been asked to um, spend some time praying over her. So I think I'm going to start at that end. And if we pass towards back to me here, if that's okay. Jemima. Oh, sorry. Jemima, we stand today to celebrate your dedication, and we just like to pray for you. You have been born a daughter, a sibling, a granddaughter, cousin, niece, great-niece, and a friend. You are a blessing to us all, and we pray today that God blesses you. He has blessed you with a family who will love you and protect you and bring you up. In the Christian manner. So we pray for you.
3: Amen.
1: Lord, I just want to give thanks for Jemima. Thank you for the new thank you for the new life that she is. And thank you that as their family grows, that their love grows also. And I just want to pray that the Lord's love and peace comes into the household. And it will be needed. And I just pray that when it is needed, it's there. And the love and the peace of the Lord is with her always. Amen.
4: I just want to pray for something slightly different. I want to turn the attention more to uh, Ben and Rianne as they uh, go on this journey with Jemima. Um, I just felt really appropriate for those that kind of believe if you just want to reach out a hand because this doesn't just come from me. Um, so Lord, I really thank you for Ryan and Ben and their family. Lord, I thank you for all that they bring to the life of this church, Teesside Vineyard. Father, I'm really thankful for their relationship and their marriage. Lord, I pray that you bless this marriage and their union, make it strong honest and rooted in you bind them together closer and unite them both as a close and wider family unit and Lord guide them as their parent Jemima together being a parent is really challenging but it's absolutely wonderful what a great journey Lord, as they go on that journey give them energy give them compassion give them grace give them wisdom but Lord most of all just give them loads of joy Lord, bless them with wonderful memories and adventures as they commit to serve you in their daily lives. Overall, may this amazing family know you as their provider and their friend. Lord, we pray for amazing faith conversations and a real glorified presence of Jesus in their lives as they grow together. Amen.
3: Thank you. I had a a picture for. Jemima, and uh, I was kind of trying to think, well, what, what's this about, Lord? And it was a picture, a very simple picture of a young chick being hatched from an egg. And I thought, that's a bit, you know, that's that easy, Lord, what's, what's all that about kind of thing? And, and the Lord seemed to be just focusing me on, on the bits of the shell after the chick had hatched. And I felt that what God was saying is that Jemima, in a sense, against the odds, is, is here. And, and there's maybe sort of bits of baggage surrounding that. And God wants you to put that to one side and just celebrate Jemima and say, do you know what, let's just go for it and let's just put her at the center because God will bring her through. Whatever's happened and whatever circumstances might be, she's going to be brilliant and she's going to really grow. And another bit of that, as I was kind of thinking... Is there anything else about that picture? I felt God was speaking, as George was mentioning, about you as parents. And I felt God was kind of saying, don't be overprotective. Don't be. (laughs) Be, (laughs) Because this dedication is giving Jemima to the Lord and it's trusting the Lord in all things. You do your bit. But don't be overprotective because God is going to protect and protect you too as a couple. And that's not a telling off.
2: <laughs> it was, it was a head teacher telling off. <laughs> um, Jemima. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, Jemima was the youngest daughter of Job. And she was renowned for her beauty. And you can see that here, can't you? She is definitely a beautiful little thing. And she, against the sort of traditions of the time, she was given an inheritance from her father. And that was unusual for women in those days. And one of the the verse I read out was about joy. And I want to pray over Jemima. Joy for her future as her inheritance from God. And beauty from within as her inheritance from God. That people who see her and know her in the future will see her as a beautiful child and then adult of God who is full of joy. And we pray that over you, Jemima, now. And we just ask God to bless all of these prayers we asked the Holy Spirit to come and touch her, to uphold her, to protect her, to give her joy. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.
0: Let's give them all a hand. That's fantastic. Beautiful. So good. Ben's face. Oh, that word. Brilliant. Incredible. Well, what a joy to be here. Um, we're going to sing uh, going to end with uh, So that's two yeah with two songs uh, we're going to uh, we're going to stand um, for a couple of uh, songs now as we raise the roof celebrate uh, all that's been happening today uh, if you fill in one of those connect cards which has been on your chair uh, this is the moment where we'll be inviting uh, you to pop that into the baskets as it's popped round. If you're a visitor in church today, this is not for you at all, this next bit. Uh, but for those who call uh, Teeside Vineyard home, this is our moment uh, to give, uh, to give and, to, uh, and to present that stuff as well. So uh, can I call a host forward as we uh, get into the next couple of songs?